Hey there everybody, it's Ben. I just wanted to give a quick shout out at the beginning of this video to myself for finally, at episode 60, editing an entire full-length video of the podcast. Go to www.ben.fail, which will redirect to my LinkedIn, or go to LinkedIn and find me, and you will see that I've posted a video there. It took me probably 10 hours to get the 87 minutes of edited video out which is basically a full-length feature film, which I'm pretty proud of in terms of editing length. But also, there's so many hilarious things that happen, and they're mostly visual. I mean, I do three costume changes throughout Angelica's Fabulous on video, and I suggest heading over there. If not, I think the audio one stands up pretty well, but I did edit it in video format, so you might have a few moments where you miss out on some of what's going on. Thank you so much for your patience. I know this took me a couple of weeks to get out. I'm trying to get quicker at editing, but fail it till you nail it. Thank you. Hey there, this is Ben Currier, self-proclaimed world's number one failure. In this podcast, we'll learn about the hardest moments my guests faced and the failures they endured on their path towards making it. I hope you enjoy. Hey there, friends of failure, and welcome to this week's episode of the Failure Guy podcast. I am here with a good friend, Angelique Stidham. Hello. Angelique, how are you? Would you like to pronounce your name better if my mine wasn't great? It was perfect. Just give us yours. It's not, it's not my name. It's my husband's name, you know? Give us so I'm your, still, your I'm legal name. It it's out your too. name. Give us your legal name and your pronunciation, just, just for the record. The legal name. Okay. Angelique you said it wasn't Stidham. your name, so I'm just clarifying. It is, it's your name, right? Well, I got the I got the last name because I married that guy. Remember? Yeah, 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 He's yeah. A good guy. Yeah. So, so it's isn't he the head of the mafia? The Don. Fine. Donnell. What well, I shortened the, it, obviously. The Don. I like it. Okay, so I'm Angelique Sidham. Oh. And I'm a professional rabbit hole hunter. Hmm. Yes. Most people don't know what that is, including everyone but you. Yes, that's so, very true. What I like to do at the actual beginning of my podcast is have people pump themselves up. Do the do the thing where you you know pumping up a, an inflatable object, and then and then when we do the failure thing, we let out the what's it called when the air goes out. That little stupid thing that you got to, the little nipple that you pull off and then you got to squeeze and blow into it. Anyways, that was a good noise. Do it again. Perfect. But right now we're inflating. Do the inflating noise. Okay. (laughs) You're infinitely better than me at sound effects. (laughs) Okay. So now you got to pump yourself up. What's all the cool shit you've done? I know you've done a lot of cool shit, but I don't know what you want to tell people you've done. I have done so much cool shit. You know what it is? I just like doing stuff. That's what it is. But not all people who love doing stuff love doing cool shit. How'd you merge the two? Well, I think I just like to do what I like to do, and it just happens to be cool shit. I think other people do cool stuff, but it's just not, you know, things that I do, other people aren't really into like video editing, people were like, no, hard pass, not going to get into video. And I was like, hey, video is the future. They were like, no, it's not really a thing, Angelique, not going to do it. And 
I said, okay, fine, I'm, I'm jumping in. Mm-hmm. So when I started, I was pursuing three degrees in architecture and interior design because I knew the power of how your space is designed and the impact that it has on you psychologically. Your space is your place, you know what I mean? Like how you do one thing is how you do everything. And so this, what you surround yourself with and, and how it, like what you immerse yourself with, all of that has an impact. And I knew that because as, you know, just growing up, we moved a lot. We moved well over 40 times. It's so many times, I can't even count. By what age? 16. Like meaning all your parents moved you 40 times? Yeah, yeah. We moved so many freaking times. Sometimes it was once a month. And X amount of years ago, because we won't be talking about age. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> well, we, we talked about you were 16. Now you're 17 in real life. (laughs) Right. And holding. (laughs) But I will tell you that what I know is the power of influencing your psyche with Mm -hmm. things, whether if it's ideas, whether if it's, you know, visually that even like the clutter or, you know, things that we just kind of end up piling around, those have an impact on us. Sometimes it's for comfort. Sometimes we need those clutter piles, right? Those are for comfort. But oftentimes knowing that you have like when you're in a well-designed space, you notice that you feel differently. And I wanted to be Mm. able to have that kind of impact on people. I knew that when wherever we moved, if I could make it feel like home, I could feel like it was home, even if we weren't there for very long. Right. Mm -hmm. That was really important to me. From a visual or a functional aspect, because for me, knowing where things are is a huge piece of it, too. Is it both? Yeah. For sure. But visually having like pictures hung up on the wall it, when they're, you know, aesthetic in nature, when they look mm-hmm. good, when things look like, ah, this looks like a, a put together space, then you want to be in that place too. So that has a lot to do with it as well. And it calms your mind, I imagine. Absolutely. So just to, to give a good example, two seconds ago, I hit with my hand a giant thing of SD cards that I dropped onto the floor and I heard them splash all over the floor. I got SD cards all over the floor. Not ideal. I could have planned so that either it was closed or I didn't have it right near my hand, but I'm going to pick that up afterwards. And it, it definitely changed the trajectory of my life in the smallest way. Yeah. Well, now that's all you can think about, right? No. I'm thinking about I'm organizing these uh, cactusy um, bookmarks. Nice. Where'd you get those? I was doing that when I knocked over the SD cards. This, mm. but I'm so close to being done. Like I'm basically, I just finished. But instead of being finished, there's SD cards all over the floor. So that was that was just to say what you're saying about the feng shui of life. And I don't know if you buy super. I mean, I don't know how hard you go into that realm of it, or if you just know like your environment dictates a lot of your life. So I did get into feng shui for like a couple years. I thought it was something that was interesting because of course it goes hand in hand with interior design, right? It's not Mm -hmm. something that's taught in interior design when you're going to school, but it is something that goes hand in hand. Question, interior design, where does it end? Is a patio interior design? Yeah, because it it would literally be like an outdoor living space, right? It's still within the floor plan of the place. Mm-hmm. That, that's a good definition, I'd say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
yeah, it's outdoor living space. So I went to school and I got three degrees and I was so proud, right? Three degrees with honor as a single mom. Uh-huh. Which three were they? It was an associate's in architectural technology. CAD and stuff, AutoCAD? Mm-hmm, yep. Okay. And associate's in interior design. And then I got my Bachelor of Arts in design studies. Hmm. Now, this is where things took a turn. Can we, before they turn, mm-hmm. did you have a favorite architect? Mm. Or interior designer, I guess? I, I was thinking. Not really a favorite interior designer, because I think things kind of like change through the years, right? But I do have okay. Antonio Gaudi has my heart for sure. And Barcelona is on my bucket list. G-A-U-D-I? G-O-U. Gaudi. I might be spelling it wrong. And to, and I know his name, Tonio Gaudi. And he has these buildings in Barcelona, Spain. Barcelona. Is that right? right? Barcelona. <laughs> and my ex-roommates, my two roommates the most recently lived with are from Spain. So you have to say it right. This chair watch. A man explained while being a white guy uh, how to say a Spanish word. Go ahead. Okay. In Barcelona, he has these buildings that are to die for. And I'm a huge fan of the Art Nouveau movement. So that's probably why. Okay. So fast forward, took a turn. I start, I go to ASU. Now I'm in the design studies program. Now I'm studying more of like the human design element. So there's a lot of classes on the psychology of design, human design, design, like the psychology of Mm -hmm. space and, and experience. And while I, of course, think that all this applies, I'm soaking it up because to me, it was all about the experience and all about the impact, right? That's the part that was most important to me. Well, to me, honestly, uh, sorry to interrupt, the human part is the part I am. Yeah. Right. How I experienced it. Why wouldn't I care the most about that? Right. But mainly like. As a user, I guess. Really being more intentional and aware of the experiences that we have and why we have those experiences. You know, the psychology of color class really was, I think, the catalyst to why I fell in love with the psychology of of design and space, you know, how it impacts you in that way. So the psychology of color stuff, because I I read a bit about it. I don't know if I got the right breakdown, like blues confident and blah, blah, blah. Green's more, you know, earth environmental uh, is how I associate it now. I don't know how they, who established the, the psychology relations, but when you pick something that's not that color, so let's say you picked red for confident, even though it's more whatever intensity or something. Are you screwed or is it just harder? Or what's the, how much of an impact does that psychology of color thing have? You know, I, I think it depends on where it's used. The type of business you mean? Well, it's not even for, if you're talking about business, if you're just talking about spaces, the impact that colors have on your brain. So being in a red room versus looking at a red logo. So what colors do you like to be around the most? Yellow. Yellow and green. Yeah. Yellow. Yeah. I don't I don't really like a yellow like room 
per se, but yeah, there it is, yellow and green. And I think the reason why is because I just love plants. Like green for me is very soothing. Green's my favorite color, sorry. Yeah, mine too. Really? Mm-hmm. What's your second? Mine's pink and then orange. Like orange, orangey, like a, like a coral. Oh, okay. Is pink three? Well, mine's like coral. So it's like a mix of pink and orange. Boop, right in the center. Oh, okay. So if I go green, pink, orange, it's like you think green coral is a pretty good, if you merge two and three. Yeah. Of mine. Green. Yeah. And then yellow. You got to throw yellow in there. Yellow's at the very bottom of my list, or at least it would be far down. Yeah, but I bet you, I bet you like to experience yellow. I bought a sweet uh, sweatshirt that is ridiculous. That doesn't fit me. It's way too small. But just washed it. I might put it on some points yellow. You might get more comfortable if I put that on. Um, okay. Sorry. Give me your rundown of what what you think. The, like for the listener. <laughs> Okay. I love doing things for the listener as if it's not for me also. Let's give us a, just a little quickie rundown of what you remember of the psychology color. Like what's which colors do what? And I'm going to shut up this whole time. Gosh. All right. So let's, red is definitely intense, but using red to make things more um, fast paced. So if you want quick decisions, it's red. Let's talk about... Uh, purple is like royalty, so something that's more regal, use purple. Blue is for trust, dependability. Yellow is for like easy. Think of easy, flowing, fun, good time. Um, I think, you know, you start getting in between those colors and you're just kind of like mixing in those two, but for the I think we kind of went over green already too. Green being like a soothing, a very soothing um, color environment. A lot of environmental companies will use that. But what's interesting is if you think about Walmart uses blue and yellow together. So trust that it's good, right? Trust that it's a good time. And normally it's like cheap products. Ikea, same thing. You would think they would just be using red because everything's so fast there, but they want their psychologically, they want their audience to think of <laughs> does it have bunnies on it? Of what? What do they want to think of? Sorry. We'll talk about it in a second. They want their audience to trust, right? To trust them, IKEA. They want to trust their products. So naturally they would be that's why they I that naturally that's why they use blue and yellow. What is this sweater about and what's on the sweater? Is this your sweater? That's the other question that I have is. Well, first of all, it is my sweater. It is my sweater. Um, I was looking for my Ikea bucket hat, which I have made out of an Ikea bag. It looks like maybe a touch four sizes too small. I'm just going to throw that out there. Maybe a child's large. (laughs) I don't know. Let's see. It doesn't go past my button. But doesn't look at this. Is it bunnies riding an elephant? You tell me, because I haven't looked at it that hard. Man, okay. There's at least two bunnies on one elephant. You do you do your best to describe it. Here, this this yellow knit sweater. It's a cable knit sweater, starring. 
three bunnies, four, maybe four, three and a half bunnies, and one elephant. One bunny has an umbrella, walking a tightrope. Another bunny juggling three balls on a unicycle. They're Easter eggs. They're Easter eggs. Juggling Easter eggs on a unicycle. We have here we have another bunny showing a red and green sweater. It's a sweater of bunnies wearing sweaters, riding an elephant, not wearing a saddle though. It's a magic carpet. It's a magic carpet or a turtle, on or like it looks like a turtle maybe. With a turtle with a uh, I mean trunk? a magic carpet shaped like a turtle. Oh yes, it's a saddle turtle carpet and what does that say le cirque le cirque the circus in french i believe le cirque means rabbit circus and I can't move in this chair. Also, My chair this is, is still laughing. air drying from yesterday, so it's so wet. I'm just, it's just wet and uncomfortable. <laughs> Thank you for showing us all your sweater, Ben. This is for me, though, to wear. I don't know why. Yeah. And it's too small for sure. Maybe I'll lose some weight and or years off my life. Maybe I'm Benjamin Buttoning <laughs> and I'm preparing for that. I was going to say, like, the collar is so small. <laughs> this is one of the few yellow things I own. <laughs> on, a one to, on, a, on a scale of one to ten, what would you give it overall? All categories. <laughs> I mean, you're really holding it down for this sweater, so I would have to. I'd have to give it a strong seven, okay. maybe a thirteen. Well, that's fine. Le Cirque. I wonder. Le Cirque for the win. I wonder the story behind why the hell they did this. The sweater. You know, someone was like, no one stopped them. Whoever the people were, no one was like, why are we doing this? They're like, yep, or just okay. No one stopped them. Yeah. Or just, how could they have? There was nothing to stop. If I can go back in time, I wouldn't kill Hitler. I'd stop the person who made this sweater. I don't know. And hire them to make so many more amazing things that I haven't designed the earth. Maybe there's a backstory. Maybe, you know what? Maybe there's a backstory. There, if there's no backstory and it's just a phoned in thing from like a nobody i'm pissed because this thing is too bizarre to have no backstory <laughs> he said this better be name brand bunnies on my sweater I the name brand i want it to be like this person who was did this like it was a cathartic life-changing experience making this exactly you need to know the story the story changes everything one-off i don't know if this is a one-off or a and you don't want to be you don't want to be walking around. Somebody else has got that same sweater on. Or it's a sweatshop special. What? And the bunnies no. are like representative of them. We don't want that. It was a story of a family. That doesn't go with the yellow vibe of happiness or whatever the hell you said. <laughs> four, four kids. They were lost in the circus. Yeah. Four kids. No parents. Pink and blue umbrella it's a story about kids with no parents you think so the elephant is 
The elephant in the room is the no parents. The Cirque. It's a circus. It's a shit show. The monkeys uh, are taking control or whatever the hell. It's, what is it? Monkeys running the circus? Is that what they say? <laughs> and, and the Easter eggs symbolize an action, a metaphorical Easter egg. Oh, I was thinking it was an Easter egg in the shirt, even that it's about lack of parenting. Yeah. That's it. She's walking the tightrope. Yeah. No one sees this, by the way. So the longer we talk about it, the more people are like, why am I listening to this? But Maybe you should make the cover of this whole podcast just that short. We'll do a screenshot at the end of both of us. I'll okay. stand up. Well, just do it, let's do it now so that I, so okay. I can take this off because it's wet and it's all hell. All um, right. Hold on. Can you do the screenshotting? Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to make sure we get the full bunny. Full jobby. And, and Lacerda. Hold on, wait. Which arm is it? Hold on. Okay, you ready? Boom, boom. Okay, one more. Hold on, hold on. No, this kind. Can you? Okay. Perfect. Perfect. Now I'm gonna take this off. Um, <laughs> off. <laughs> okay. So you were saying the psychology of color was the first time you really got into the human aspect of it all. Yeah. Do you think people really want to hear all that part though? How'd you fuck up? Let's go with the failures. Is it going to lead to a failure? I mean, this shirt was a success. The shirt was a (laughs) success. We're turning failures into successes on this show. Boop. At the time it probably sold very few, but it's on the come up, you know, I'm going to offer it as merch. You're bringing it back. Yeah. One quantity of one. <laughs> <laughs> if you, had, if you had, if you had embroidered less Cirque sweaters for, and it said failure, like yeah. maybe, maybe she's slipping. Two sizes too small. They're all two sizes. Too small. They're, Every single one. What size are you? And then you send them two sizes smaller than that. I thought it was a tag on the inside. It was just the other side of the elephant. <laughs> nice. <laughs> that's, a, that's a metaphor. Okay. So these degrees, did they come in handy or no? No. I spent all this money and all this time, even to graduate with honors as a single parent. My son was in the hospital. He had a rare form of epilepsy. 50 to 80 seizures a day. And I thought that this mattered so much. I was literally like killing myself to get this done. I thought it was gonna matter. I thought my life was going to change because I was the first person in my family to go to college. Like that's that should matter. That's supposed to matter. According to the American dream, this is how I'm fixing shit. This is how I'm going to change the entire trajectory of my family, my lineage, right? Spend all this money go to school, do an awesome job, have this amazing career. Like that was that was the vibe, that was the plan. And then the housing market crashed. And then I had no job. There was no job for me to go to. And all of the jobs that were available for me to just get right out of college were like, yeah, no, we can totally have you sit at the front desk. 
I have degrees. Why would I be sitting at the front desk? This is like entry level with yeah. no experience. And it was because three degrees of separation from. Yeah. And I'm like, don't I know somebody that knows somebody? They're like, yeah, no, come in. You could work with our firm. We can pay you minimum wage because that's what everybody else is getting paid right now. And I was like, are you kidding me? And it's because it's because I was competing with all these people with these huge books of business, right? BOBs. They were coming from other firms, right? And I just could not compete with them as a, as a new grad. So I didn't. Oh yeah, you went, okay. I know I know a little bit of your story from our first conversation ever, which is when you called me not too recently after we met. And then I told you my Grand Canyon story. You told me your, your story. I remember vaguely, cause this is, I'm going to be some memory and I want to show off the fact that months ago I heard that you started doing modeling, I think for yourself. And then you realized you like being behind the camera. So you started doing camera work for other people. They were all too bullshitty or whatever to even learn how to use the camera. So you're like, screw it. I'm going to learn the camera, learn the camera like nobody else. Then now you're getting front and behind the camera and start teaching people how to do either cameratography <laughs> or uh, <laughs> modeling. Yeah. Did that cover a bunch of stuff that you, now you can skip? Yep. Yep. So that's it. And then I realized that people didn't know what to do. Did I fuck anything up or is that all accurate? No. Okay. Yeah, it's pretty accurate. And then I needed to learn how to help people use those photos that I was taking of them and boom, into marketing. So that was my deep dive. Then I started to learn people actually didn't know what they were doing with marketing. So it wasn't necessarily me helping them come up with marketing materials or tools. Now mm. I had to find out what problems, how to find problems and solve them within marketing. By the way, if you're listening listeners, hopefully you are, cause otherwise what are you doing? Um, this is what rabbit holing is. She's her whole life. She was rabbit holing up until this point. Yeah. Then she's realizing that's what I'm doing is just getting deeper and deeper into new subjects, figuring them out, being yeah. a jack of all trades, but a master of some. Yeah. Yeah. I would say, but really the truth is that everything changes so fast that I don't know that you actually become a master of it before, you know, the algorithm changes or the tools change. Yeah. Some things are evergreen, being nice to people. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely not a master at that, but, no, but I'm working the, on I it. I don't think the advice changes on that unless maybe I'm wrong. Meaning some things that are always right, you know, and that's why there's mm -hmm. some books that last, you know, stand the test of time. And then there's some things that are like, to your point, um, a, a chunk in time tip that will go away for sure. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that's a good point. That's a good segue because that's the part that I started to notice. There is a thread going through all of this. There is a reason why some people never became models. There's a reason why some people got in their own way of becoming models, right? I mean, Ben, mm -hmm. where's your portfolio? You know what I mean? My, my problem is I didn't grow a beard till a year and a half ago. Before that, it looked like I was 12 and Mr. Clean, as if Mr. Clean had a baby and then he became a baby forever. Yeah, there it is. You know what? Like the baby off of um, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Yeah, he, he smokes a cigar <laughs> and he talks. I don't have the raspy voice. I didn't even then. But my point was, if you look at me before the beard, it looks like a guy who teaches Excel. Yeah. Now, 
maybe it does. I don't think so because <laughs> I don't know what it looks like. Now you're now you're a little spicier with the but beard. But now look at my styles changing. Um, opening up. Also, I went to an all guys Catholic high school. There's where you had to wear button down collars. If you didn't button down the collar, you were sent home or to detention or whatever. You got written up. Two gay guys couldn't go to prom. Look at the freedom you have with these embroidered sweaters. You're killing it. Now I can wear all the gayest clothes I want without having to be anything but me. You're wearing a story. <laughs> Cable knit story. What's that mean? You mean because the cow basket shirt? No, it's um, <laughs> cable knit. It's knitted. Your sweater. Oh, oh yeah, the sweater. Yeah, I'm no longer wearing it, so it confused me. It's damp. I know you can't see much. A damp story. <laughs> it's still drying. Yeah, it's better than lotion because it just keeps the humidity in your. It keeps the skin moist. Moist. Um. Okay, so you pivoted a lot. You've moved from thing to thing. I did. Did you ever yeah. view any of those as a mistake or get harder on yourself? No, I felt like it was an evolution, but here's the point. I just felt like at some point I should have been in a different place by now, right? Either I was gonna should have mm. had a, a successful photography business, a successful marketing firm. Like what was it that I was gonna do and just like stick with? But I kept seeing all these other problems and then I couldn't just not solve them. And so I see a hole, I jump, I jump in. That's what I do. Yeah. But the good news is that helped me to level up and who I could serve, right? So I could mm -hmm. still do family sessions if I wanted to. And of course, a lot of cl my clients would call me every single year to do their family sessions because they just liked the way I did. What's a family session? F with with photography. You mean like just take their pictures? Yeah, every year, you know, and I watch their kids grow up. Do you ever, you, of course, yours wouldn't be in it, but do you ever get the like, it's like a compilation, I guess it's post meme culture where they made a bunch of memes and someone was like, oh, I can make a book by just taking all these memes and put them in a book of like worst, most awkward family photos or whatever. But yours would probably be great. But where it would be like, oh, that's hilarious. I got to find the book because you'll love it. Yeah, sure. I, could, I, I absolutely could probably make my own book of the worst things clients have done to my photos. Part of the problem was that I have a level of excellence right for myself and i would hand them this this product mm -hmm. and then they would just trash it they'd add filters they would add other stuff to it i'm like why are you doing that that is not okay it's not okay that started to really frustrate me especially with models because i knew that they were essentially like self like sabotaging themselves out of jobs why would you do that um it's like they're filtering a picture that you already did the ultimate filter on. Yeah. And then they're, they wanted, you know, some people wanted me to take like 60, 80 pounds off of them. And it's really difficult when I'd say no. And they'd say, yeah, well, I'm going to go and, you know, like ruin your reputation if you don't do that. Take your picture and have someone else move the, remove the pounds if they can't figure it out. I just, there was just, I have stories for days, but the point is. It's all Instagram reality type Reddit stuff. Yeah, years ago, right? And then as I started to progress through and I had a full-blown marketing agency at one point, I have clients who are in um, from 90s uh, pop diva 
CC Peniston rebranded her. Oh yeah, yes. Um, hold on. I know the song. For, I'm just gonna drop it. I know it. You know it. Is that a hint? Oh, finally. Oh, it's happened to me right in front of my face. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That song. Yeah. yeah. So um, I got to have some pretty awesome experiences with penis ton. I cannot get over that. Go ahead though. Yeah. And you know, what was really difficult was having to constantly change her Wikipedia because people can alter it. They would always just take the, the last part off of her name. Terrible. Take it off? Oh, take make it off. a penis. Yeah. I thought they'd write a bunch of things about the explanation for why she had the, went through a ton of penis, you know, et cetera. I thought they'd write uh, an entry about it. They just would take off the name. So we would have to, there was somebody in New Jersey because we can see where the pings are coming from. Like uh -huh. we got down to that level and tried to block their IP address. I was in New Jersey for a hot second and I was, I was uh, removing the word ton quite a lot. <sighs> Not from what, any specific website. <laughs> so I got to have some pretty awesome experiences going through all of that, right? But still super frustrated because I was like, I'm going to go a thousand percent when I go in, I go hard. I'm all in going a thousand percent. Go hard in the pain. And then nothing, right? Like working with celebrities, various celebrities never really helped me because they wanted to keep me as like a secret weapon, like in their back pocket. Like, don't go work for anybody else. Only do this for me. How does that help me? You're the rabbit in the hat. That makes the trick possible, but you don't get the credit. So I started to find out like, okay, well, how can I level up? What can I do to move forward? And then I started into business systems and learning how to build online business in general. Business systems, automate the process, developing courses, how to develop curriculum. Like I've really gone down and deep into what it is that I do now. The problem is that no matter who it is I help, they will always end up sabotaging their own success. They will literally undo everything that they have paid me to do. Mm -hmm. They will go in the opposite direction. I will brand them. They will look polished. They will feel good about themselves. And then I will see them posting some stuff that is like, that does not invoke trust with your audience, right? That is mm -hmm. in the wrong direction. Why are you doing that? Yeah. So confusing, so frustrating because you work hard to get them success and then you see them just sabotaging it, right? Because they don't understand. And it's not a matter of them not understanding. It's a matter of them not believing. Or comprehending in a way to believe. So here's the unsolicited therapy. Perfect. It is not that people just suck at what they do. It is not that there are some people that are good at things and some people that are just not good at things and they should mm -hmm. stay away from them or not try. It is a matter of believing. That is literally it. That is all. That is the difference. Meaning trust in the person who's giving you the services. If you. It doesn't matter how much you pay another person. Let's say you pay Mark Cuban to come in, fix your business. Oh, believing in your product. Is that what we're saying? Elon Musk, come in and completely fix your business. Sure. Like Bar rescue guy. I don't have a bar, but come in. Yep. Yep, exactly. Come and fix the business. And they come in and sometimes you see that he'll go back to visit and they'll have undone those things and gone back to their old things. Here's 
Most of them don't get rescued, I think. There's a stat somewhere. Right. And you're like, why would they why would they undo what he did? It's because mm-hmm. They are trying to make themselves right. They did not believe that they could have the level of success that he believed that they could, right? Same for my clients. They could not believe when I would look at them and I would look at all of their ingredients and I would say, ah, this is what we're going to build. This is what you can achieve, right? Mm -hmm. They wouldn't believe it. They would go and sabotage everything that I've done to make themselves right to the level that they could see themselves at. That was it. Just money down the drain, effort, time down the drain, because at at the end of the day, they're only going to go as far as they believe they can go. Yeah, that's so shitty. It's the truth. So I've got a pitch for you. Ready? I will do anything you say. I will not deviate from it, but I will pay you nothing. But you get a percentage of profit, not revenue. I'm not a dumbass, but decent percentage and i will follow whatever you say if you say i gotta sell excel wearing a magician's outfit i'm already buying a magician's outfit you know (laughs) but see i would be having a percentage in your belief not your profit my problem is i don't since i only make money for me i need someone else to make money in order to motivate me that's why i'm saying so like i need to trick myself I, i in my head there's a guy named ralph who makes 10 percent of everything i own but it's not real enough for me to actually do anything. It's just a stupid imaginary friend I have apparently. Yeah, no, and I have one too, by the way. Her name is Patricia. Do you have a name uh, for yours? Well, I just said his name was Ralph, Ralph. but but I was thinking about having a fictional like EA, executive assistant kind of thing, Mm -hmm. like a a receptionist. And Mm -hmm. I was watching Silicon Valley and Jared from Silicon Valley uses the name Ed Chambers and he acts like a total dick and the guy his character is really uh dorky so ed chambers is probably gonna be my new um my new as a new i've never ever done a fake anything my new fake persona to uh to be that's like doing like that uh have you seen better call Saul? yeah Mm-hmm. The Jimmy McGill thing where he answers like a British guy. It's like yeah. that thing, but it's at Chambers. And so uh, Patricia, though, is that what you said, Patricia? Patricia. Yeah, I call her Patty when she's being a bitch. Oh, Patricia. Patty. Um, yeah. <laughs> what's she do for you? So Patty is actually my ego. And oh. Patty wants to keep me safe, right? So Patty does things and she responds and she steps up in front and she will be the one to react to something because she's my ego. So she's protecting my pride. She's making me feel safe and protected and looked out for. Right. Of course, Mm -hmm. we all have this type of of thing inside of us that does this. Right. Even if we say like, you know, gosh, no, I don't want to do that anymore. I don't want to be like that. Patty's like, hold my beer. I got you. Mm -hmm. And she will just move right on in because she knows all the steps all the she's she's got it all choreographed right yeah i mean the 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 truth the truth is i learned this through a training called warrior training with jeff fagan and he breaks down the the difference of your true self and your false self and the exercise was to name your false self that way you can start to disassociate when it's you your true self functioning or if it's your false self making choices decisions and and leading behaviors so this is something i always say is every time i was fired from a job like 
who I was at the job and who I was at home became more the same person till I was that guy all the time. So I think that's along the same vibes. Um, also yeah. on your birthday, make yourself a patty cake. Oh, nice. I don't really want a patty cake though. I try to tell Patty. Play patty cake with yourself. <laughs> to just take a thousand seats always and in all ways. Just take a thousand seats. <laughs> sit down, Patty. Sit down and shut up. She has to come along. So I'm like, all right, come on, let's go. Like when I'm trying to meditate, she'll be like, squirrel. And I'll be like, come on, Patty, we're going down this meditation. You can come too. But no, no distracting me from other things. They like take a seat and take a thousand seats are, are not the same command. One's like they have power. Okay. But sorry. Well, if she takes a thousand, then she'll be busy for a while, maybe. Or sit the fuck down a thousand times, I'd take (laughs) as a a replacement. Um, Okay. So that's good. We each have fictional characters to to try to help us life hack our brains into Mm -hmm. thinking we're not just working for ourselves. Yeah. And so what I realized, though, is that, you know, I've allowed Patty, right, this person, Mm -hmm. to do a lot for me. I've, I've allowed her to lead a lot of my life and it doesn't work out for me. So in the sense of, am I talking to Patty right now or am I talking to Angelique? You're talking to me for sure. Okay. But I will tell. What? Oh, you said me. That's a Patty move. Oh, (laughs) well played. I will, I will tell you. Angelique, come out, come out from inside. (laughs) I will tell, I will tell you this though. When I have been like, I have fired maybe like a couple handfuls of clients and I fired them on purpose. Like, that's it. I'm not, I don't care how much you're paying me. And sometimes I'm walking away from a significant amount, right? Like I shouldn't be walking away. And this is even sometimes theoretical jobs. You've been like, no, because I just don't want to do it. I've heard you say. Yeah, no, because you're sabotaging everything and it's not even worth it anymore. I don't want to just take your money. Yeah, you're just messing everything up. I don't want to do it anymore. It's frustrating. And your name's on it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I don't I don't like that. So I've had to fire people. And I'm going to tell you, it has been like the Patty, right, who has mm-hmm. allowed me to stay for far too long in those types of situations and not just say no, knowing that they didn't serve me. Ooh, Patty was a crutch. She wanted to be right. She wanted to prove a point. So she would mm. stay around even longer and that would cause trouble sometimes, right? But that didn't serve me. So moving forward, you know, I, I came up to, I built this huge machine. I had a business partner, really tough situation. And I stayed far too long in the situation knowing that there were a lot of red flags. But the truth is, When I look back at every single client that I have fired over the years, every opportunity that I have walked away from, I've wondered what is it that leads to this point? Like, do I attract, is it me? Am I attracting these people into my space, right? That could be true. Mm -hmm. But I think the truth is none of us want to work. The truth is no matter how much, no matter the level of success you achieve, the amount of money that you bring into your life, it does not change your belief systems about yourself. Nothing can recreate or fill a void for having connection and confidence in a true and mm-hmm. a real way. 
And now I know that it doesn't matter how many people that I would try to serve, the best way that I can serve them from here going forward is to help them put down beliefs that they're carrying around that don't that don't belong to them. The truth was a lot of these people did not want to be in these industries. They weren't comfortable in these industries. They weren't even into them. They were just doing them because they thought this is what they were supposed to do yeah. or this is all that they could do, right? They really didn't want to. I've said it on previous podcasts, but something like 60% of dentists don't want to be dentists, but they still are because they took all the time to become a dentist. Yeah. And even though they're saying something, what they believe is a completely different story, right? And when you are misaligned in that way, that's why nothing else adds up. That's why these behaviors start to look like sabotage and other people are looking at you going, well, wait a second, you said your goal was this. Why would you be doing that? Right? Yeah. I think I have a bunch of negative associations and I think, I mean, definitely uh, with money because whenever you take people say you take a hobby and you make it a job you lose the motivation or whatever i feel like that a lot with money but i think i've had a lot of times where i've said like i hate money or like i have negative associations with the quest for it so that's why for example i'm recording a podcast right now when i could be marketing my business or doing anything else this is like 40th episode i have that's unreleased at the moment like i'm doing five to seven a week and releasing one a week so podcastinating is getting in the way of not getting in the way of it's just it's what motivates me if i was being paid to do this i would retract instantly mm. you know so i gotta that's why i gotta have someone else make money or trick myself into maybe i gotta use points instead of money <laughs> i don't know what hack i gotta use but i guess use some kind of life hack like gamify it well I, yes. I do think i do think there's power in understanding what it is that's tied to you in your relationship with money, that's one thing. What mm -hmm. it is that's tied to you in your relationship with your habits, because sometimes those deeply rooted beliefs, regardless of what we try to place in front of them, if we don't address those, like Patty, they'll rise yeah. up, right? And they'll they'll take they'll take a hold. They'll start to drive our behaviors. When you mentioned being the first of your family to go to college, I also was. So I had a really really poor role models for money so mm -hmm. i while i do it as a job financial planning and analysis i always joke i don't like taking my work home with me but really it's just that it made the two tapped on finances or it's once my own money is like oh i can do whatever i want with it and also i was shown by people who didn't know what to do with it what they did with it you know yeah and a lot of that programming right it's like reruns that run in the background and you you it's a familiar and comforting sound to hear like credit doesn't matter right money doesn't define you money's not everything money is the root of all evil it doesn't matter mm -hmm. and what i don't need things i don't need stuff which is true we don't need stuff and things but we do need the ability to feel stable yes a level of comfort stability and security and safety that's right and if you're looking at pavlov's triangle this goes back to the entire root and basis of psychology you cannot do you mean uh, Maslow's hierarchy of needs or is that a different thing? That's what I'm talking about. Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Pavlov's the dog guy, right? Yeah. Yeah. Pavlov's the dog. Yeah. If you're look, Do you want to leave that failure in? I always take my guests' failures out of the episode. I leave my own in. Oh, please. No. No. Absolutely. Leave it in. Pavlov's triangle. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> Pavlov's triangle, which is now Maslow's hierarchy of needs, which you're absolutely right. But I have this in my kitchen on the wall. 
have this in painter's tape and post-its on the wall. Oh, custom. Yeah, made my own. And every time that I'm talking even to my kids, but I, I have it in the wall in my kitchen on because I use this wall as like part of my, it's almost like a murder wall, you know, where I like build out my funnels with post-its and. It's almost like a murder wall. You got, yep, 100% clicked instantly with me. What do you mean a murder wall? Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. A shrine to murder? All the details. Yeah, all the details. All. Or you mean like the when you're trying to solve a murder and you mm-hmm. use the yarn and the pins? Yep. Yeah. I thought you meant like a murder wall. These are all the people I've murdered. I'm going to kill it with this strategy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. 187 on a motherfucking idea. <laughs> That's right. That's right. On the ideas. And so I use this wall and I have this triangle painter's tape and post-its. But on the yeah. bottom, of course, are like all of your basic needs. And no matter how far up you go, if at some point in time, any of those basic needs off of the first two tiers are compromised at all. You will rubber band back down to where those are. So your security, your stability, emotionally, physically, emo- uh, financially, any of those things that rock your 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 foundation and stability, you're going to rubber band back down. Survivability, yeah. Yeah. So it doesn't matter how much success you've had. If you're emotionally unstable, you're going to rubber band back down. You'll never or get, you'll never get up there. If you're MC hammering it. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Yeah. But a lot of that, even him rooted in beliefs, right? Mm-hmm. He was trying to fill a void where he could have assigned a new meaning to these things, these stories that he was told, these programs and these things cool. that he believed signing a new meaning and really peeling back the layers to expose it, sit with it for a moment and give it, give it permission like Patricia. I think too legit to quit was his own thing though. He, he promoted that. Yeah. I'm saying maybe a, just a dumb joke, but uh, what, I don't know what, I don't know his backstory. I don't know if you read his autobiography, but I don't no, know why but, he did but, what he did. No, but really think and what you're saying. It makes absolute sense. Like he literally was just going to be dumb until he was done. Right. He was not going to quit. Or he thought it would never end. Yeah. The money would just keep coming. Yeah. Yeah. And he didn't have to change anything about himself and therefore he didn't. And that's why he wound up in the same place. Hammer don't hurt him. Hurt himself. (laughs) Don't hurt yourself. That's right. Yeah. You should have been talking to the man in the mirror. Should have been asking him to change his ways. Just to make a lot of musical. (laughs) Yeah. when you brush your teeth in the morning, do you look at yourself? I don't know if you can see yourself, A, but if you could, do you look at yourself in the mirror or do you not? Mm, yeah, sometimes. Here's here's why I, I think I'm, my, my teeth brushing routine, I'm a hard brusher. I overbrush. So let's get that out of the way. Weathered gums. I am a chronic overbrusher. I've been told to brush less. I've been told to brush for less time. That's rare. And I've been told to brush with a softer bristle because mm-hmm. I am literally eroding the my gums away with. We need to average out because I'm like the guy who needs or who already buys the soft stuff. And then still well, I got the whatever, the electric one. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the gums are a little sensitive. They'll bleed even with that. You are building yours up for like the war. 
Mine aren't, mine don't bleed. Yeah, I floss. Yeah. I'm a chronic flosser. And I also, I brush so hard because I'm like nooks and crannies, folks. You do have incredibly great teeth. Thanks. Nooks and crannies. Yep. I get in them. Uh, yeah. Thomas's English Muffins sponsored this episode. <laughs> For zero dollars. For zero dollars. <laughs> great deal. Um Okay, so when did you mess up? Did you have any failures? No, I just I w- I just told you. I like it. Oh, wait, you mean just trusting that pl- person for so long? Or, or was because I don't think you said how much that person, whoever it was, was detrimental to your own advancement or not or not. Well, here's the thing. I realized that what I have is vision. I have vision. You give me your ingredients and I will concoct so funny you say that and you can't see well that's i think that's my lesson though i have this vision you you i come to somebody somebody comes to me whichever happens whichever way it happens just to clarify you you can't see you're legally blind right yeah well i'm gonna get there hold on okay i just want to make sure that my joke didn't sound like it made no sense no it is a joke because i think that's part of my lesson honestly is i have been giving my vision away to all of these people for so long, right? Mm. And over the last two years, I've literally been going blind. And it took for me to walk, to build, finally give a huge vision to somebody else and build it for them. And they took it from me. And meanwhile, I'm actively losing my vision. And I keep telling them like, Hey, I need you to do your job so I can do my job because I can't keep doing your job and my job. I need you to step up, do your job. I got to ice my eyes. I had so much pressure as it started happening. I was like freaking out. Right. Mm -hmm. But the truth was, I think the lesson in all of this is my eyes are fine. My eyeballs are like 2020. They're fine. Nothing's wrong with them. Yeah. Barbara Walters. They just don't focus. Mm -hmm. So when I started going into the different eye doctors, right? Some of these are like $400 an appointment. I would go in and I would say, hey, I can't see. Can you help me? They do vision tests. They do different kinds of vision tests. You know, some of them with like air and pressure and different lasers and whatnot. They'd say, oh no, your eyes are fine. You just can't focus them. No, I know that. That's why I came in here. So I told you. Yeah, you're the doctor. Can you figure out why I can't focus? But I think the big, the bigger picture here is that I have been giving away my vision to other people for so long. Does that have scientific uh, merit, though, that it's possible? I don't know, but I'm taking my shit back. Okay, starting, starting now. If you gain vision uh, now, I'll buy and I'll, I'll believe the science, whether there is any. I may be losing my eyesight, but I am not losing my vision. How about that? Love it. And I and I do believe that there is power in the brain, right? And how it manifests itself physically through our body. And I think mm-hmm. that I had just given so much of myself and I was almost like a trade, like a toxic trade, because my gift, my superpower was taking other people's ingredients and making things with them. I was never really making anything with my own. Even though people look at my stuff and they go, gosh, you're so good at this. You're so good at that. It's like, but I was never really. With no model or with no, you're always relying on some other person for some of the 
portion of it, right? Yeah, and they got the credit too, uh-huh. right? <laughs> yeah. And that's where I ended up. That was my ultimate failure. I see a weird correlation in the fact that I've felt the same way a lot, but just in corporate America doing all the financial modeling stuff and then the CEO or whoever's or my boss would be presenting to the CEO, like so much credit being taken from me and also so much time spent making things. I made dashboards where you could tweak everything and they tweaked nothing. And I'm like, why did I spend like twice or three times as long making this so tweakable? Awesome. It was like, Hey Ben, can you make it be 5 million next year? I'm like, you could do this. I made it so you could do it and they wouldn't do it. Yeah. But now I have those skills just like, same thing with you. Like we have these weird skills because we go so deep into something and I hate corporate politics. So I just got better at the stuff. Uh, you know, we are scrappy. So we know enough. And then now we can start filling in our weaknesses with people who are actually talented because you can't do everything alone, obviously. Yeah. But what if we are just still playing out this sick little game that we're taught as kids? We're taught this in school. Where do we get our validation from? Other people, grades, mm-hmm. these other types of scores and whatnot that are get placed upon us that give us the value, pieces of paper, right? Is it evolutionary these, though? Could it be accepted socially? I think it's bullshit. I think it's all bullshit. It is absolutely shitty and bullshit. Yeah, but so is um the fact that we sleep a third of our lives. Yeah, here's my point though. Okay. I think... That if we were to really just take peel it all back at the end of the day, at the end of the of the life, right? Mm-hmm. At the end of the term, what is it that we're all going for? What is it? Because you can't take followers with you. Followers aren't gonna help you. Feeling good about yourself, I think, right? And the way we do that is through other people's validation, right? It's stability, it's security. All of these things are filling in those you know, those first two layers in that mm-hmm. hierarchy of needs. Yep. What if there was a way for us to be able to give that to ourselves? I'd say there, that'd be cool. And is, I mean, are you hinting at the fact that you have a way? Yeah, we found a way. Oh, wow. Yeah. And now that we're doing that. Hot, this is the hot goss? No. And now that we're doing it, it's almost like, I mean, is this fresh off the bread? Or what you're saying we, meaning you? What do you? What is it that you're doing? I mean, well, really, it wasn't even me who found it. I'm going to be honest. I'm just taking the credit. Now I'm taking the credit. It's Donnell. Oh, hey, yeah, yeah, it's Donnell. Nice. I found him. Honestly, you had so much taken from you. He doesn't need it. He'll find someone else to take it from, <laughs> and then he pay it forward with the taking of the credit. Well, well, see what I get to do then is he just goes and he he doesn't, he doesn't even care about the credit part. He doesn't even, he doesn't even want to talk about it, but he needs to talk about it. He, yeah, you're right. I've heard him talk. Yeah. He doesn't want to talk about it. I could tell. He needs to talk about it because people need to know this stuff. They need to know that there is a better way. Well, like, I don't like talking about Excel either. Like I get deflated sometimes. I got to pump myself up. I can feel him sometimes similarly go up. I'm going into my retirement spiel or whatever. And, you know, 
you've got to figure out a way to reinvigorate yourself. So like you're a stand-up comedian saying the joke for the first time rather than yeah, very clearly saying it for the 8,000th eight, 8, time. You know, I yeah. struggle with that a lot. So now I'm just going to make it my mission. Instead of helping people grow their business, I'm going to help them build something that's better than a business. Help them understand how to build and, and carve a path that's not to a an income that is tied to their time, an mm-hmm. income that is tied to a trend, an income that is tied to a need that may or may not be there in a few years, or they may not be able to serve in a few years, but something that is lasting, something that will fill those buckets because no matter what, no matter what it is, people wanna quit their jobs to run out here and risk it all. The truth is, it is terrifying when you know that you may not be able to keep those buckets filled on those first mm-hmm. two tiers of the hierarchy of needs. That's the risk. I'm looking at them right now, by the way, it's physiological and safety are the first two. I looked it up just to make sure. Yeah. Because uh, I And then it goes um, belonging and love, esteem, cognitive, aesthetic, self-actualization, and then transcendence. But the... The first four apparently are deficiency needs and the other ones are growth needs, supposedly, according to this one thing. Uh, I put a bunch of things in the chat, uh, possible mastermind URLs. Don't worry, I got it. Love it. Never sure what it's going to be for. Sage quit was a version of rage quit, but like it was supposed to be about video games, like knowing when to quit. Unsolicited therapy you already like. Uh, If we do a podcast on orange collar crimes, that's about prison related crimes. And it was mainly because there was no crime dubbed orange. Hmm. Green green is against the planet. Red is when white collar goes violent. Is white collar, blue collar. What else? Orange now. I don't know. I think, um, you know, my mom met my dad in prison. Oh, see? That's the first story. Yeah, they were married in. You were a crime in San Quentin prison. He was there for life and Stevie Wonder Wait, was what? part of the reason why he got out of prison. And now you're losing your vision? And now I'm losing my vision. <laughs> Stevie Wonder, he in a, it was like a monkey paw thing. I'll get you out of prison, but eventually you're gonna go blind. Yeah, there it is, there's the trade. Thanks, Dad. That's interesting. Um, yeah, they did a documentary, BBC did. Yeah, I remember seeing the trailer on it because it's one of the things you're tagged in IMDb. This will also be oh, one of the right. things you're tagged on IMDb for. Uh, but you're already tagged in a thanks on Vinny's episode, I believe, because I just tagged Kimber with <laughs> a similar thanks. Because on the live stream, I said, first person to say they want one gets a special thanks on whatever episode they want. So uh, I tried to special thanks on Schwarzenegger and it got rejected. Dang it. Even though we did terrible impersonations of him on that episode. Oh, wow. They were like, hell no. No, immediately no. Well, they're like, he's not involved and it'll show up on his thing. So no, we'll let Kimber become a, we'll we'll let you create Kimber for a special thanks, but you will not give Arnold Schwarzenegger. I mean, I thought thanks could be given to whoever. I mean, doesn't he want it? Who doesn't want gratitude? But shout out to you, Arnold. Special thanks to you, my man. Who doesn't want I, gratitude? I doubt he denied it. It was the it was the human staffs who review every IMDb contribution who were like, you know what? This doesn't feel right. Freaking haters. Yeah. But the greatest thing was, if you listen to it, it's the, um, well, 
by the time it's released, it won't be, but it's Ved, Ved's episode. We did such a bad, it's not a tumor. Like I did it, then he did it. And then later on, we were like, it's not a tumor. Yeah, we did. But I did it as if like I'd never even heard him talk is how mine sounded. And then he did an even worse one. And then later I was like, we can just get rid of that if you want. And then I was like, or we could emphasize it by playing it three times. And he said, well, we're not going to do that. And then I played it three times in a row with both mine and his. And you can tell just how bad it is, especially when you have to listen to it three times. Wow. Did you edit that yet? Oh, yeah, it's out. That was the first time I've ever repeated something in, in an episode. Besides the, the fact that I repeat almost everything I say in most episodes, but uh, <laughs> I mean, like copying and pasting. Uh, so since we're running super late and you seem to be maybe looking at time, uh, is okay, cool. But is there anything on the subject of failure or historical failures that you want to talk about before the last two questions, which are more forward looking slash present looking? No. Yeah, let's go with the, let's go with the next questions. All right. So being a guest on the show, you get a get out of fail free card. Oh my gosh. So I'm going to hand this through the internet. Hell, hell yes. Or do a grasp sound. You're better with sound effects. Okay. Okay. Way better than I do a boop. Okay. I don't know why. Um, okay. Boop. So uh, it's a short lived card though, because you're going to have to cash in immediately. So get out of fail free. Gosh, I feel like I should have been prepared for this. Hold on. No, that's the worst thing you could do. No. Okay, let's do it again. Let's do it one more time. <laughs> the fail, do it again. The, all right. I'm ready. All right. I'm not even going to re-say what it is, but here's your get out of fail free card. And here we go. Okay. You didn't make the sound, though. I need your sound effect. All right, oh, do okay, the third let's time. do it one more Ready? time. All right, and here's your get out of fail free card. Oh, thanks. <laughs> okay, one more time. No, get out of fail free card. Coming your way. Coming in hot. Oh, thanks. Oh, dang it. <laughs> I'm going to use right. multiple of those. I'm not recording another one for sure. So, okay. Uh, cannot use your get out of fail free card for what just happened, but... Okay. You can use it for any kind of a, a hobby of, or a passion or a thing that you wanted to pursue historically in life that you didn't do because of the amount of failure involved. So I usually say stand-up comedy because there's a lot of bombing that's involved. Um, some people will say they want to be good at working out their relationships. Uh, you know, they want to be a pilot. Who knows what it is? What would be the thing you could use if you had to use that card for that you'd maybe an actress or a uh, I don't think you can get your vision back. But be singing. Singing. Okay. Can't you already sing? Be singing. Yeah. So be a famous singer. I would think at least I would have written more and been more active with, with my music before I had kids. I think that's the, that's the part is I picked up guitar and I started singing and performing after mm. I became a mom and Gosh, I had so much time and potential, you know, an opportunity before yeah. I, you know, just single, like single chick out there. So I think I would have been an awesome chick, like part of the chicks with picks lineup. It's now. So I think now you're going to be, I, I mean, I think you can go back in time and use the card, but also I think you're going to go start singing now is the, is the idea. I have been singing now. 
I've been singing, okay. doing little intros and little jingles Ready? for my Hit, show. Here's a pitch. And it, there's, again, there's never any money behind my pitches to you. But uh, okay. Get Out to Feel Free card has no intro. And whatever I come up with is going to be absolute horseshit. And then okay. the next question also has no intro. Same with the pump up deflate thing. But that those are the only three things I do every episode. So okay. um, you're going to use yours for singing. What kind of singing would you be doing? Jazz club in New Orleans. Are you uh, on rock stages in Iceland? Okay. I honestly was a neo-soul singer until I started getting published. Once I met with my publisher, he pushed me out of my box. I now have placements with jazz, alternative rock. Mm -hmm. um, one song I was told to write. So in a good way, it pushed you out of your box. Yeah. And so now it's like, I don't want to just write in one genre anymore. So I mm. would, I, I think I would continue. If I had an opportunity, I would continue to write in the same way I was before. It was just whatever moved me and I'm mm. not put in a box anymore, yep. you know, in that way. So I want to make lo-fi beats. That's something I want to do. Ooh. And um, I already have a website for it, of course, because it's all I do. I buy a website and that's it. Mm -hmm. uh, sweatpantsmusic.com because <laughs> that's what I would imagine. <laughs> well, I'm going to write them in the sweatpants and I'm going to also listen to them in that. But then I also my DJ name uh, has its own website as well. Okay. DJUnqualified.com. So... Uh, I want it to be failure-ish, but not like too on the nose. But the unsolicited therapy thing, literally whatever podcast you want to do, I'm down. Because I've got WideNet Podcast Network is theoretically the thing that produces this one show. But it's a network and I'm going to podcast a wide net, I say. Mm -hmm. And I podcast a small net of one show. So um, if we can find an editor, that's my only problem. I it and I have a I have a very perfectionist like you way of editing. Mm -hmm. I was just gonna say I think another thing to add on my list of and I don't I don't know if it was a fail could have been mm -hmm. could have not been. I had a daily show, a radio show that was a daily show Monday through Friday, and that's what it was. It was literally a Monday, not the LinkedIn one, but the through Friday like on a radio thing. No, it was LinkedIn. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I love that show. Mm -hmm. And all the intros yeah. and everything you did were great. That's why I want you to do the ones I'm talking about. Not what why. I have to laugh about, though, is that. Not a failure, because that was great. I mean, it, whether or not it fell apart, I love it. But the story, the story is I had a daily show that was Monday through Friday. That was it. This <laughs> is. So, you mean it got one week, a one business week? Because that was the, the joke was it's a daily show that didn't have weekends, but it does daily show that lasted full five days. At least you got every week day yeah. covered. The weekend can screw itself. And every day after that. And just replay those daily shows every week. Every Monday, it's the Monday show. <laughs> just replay it, repurpose it. Yeah, it was just Monday through Friday of this week. That's it. All of the promos. You should just, it's a time capsule. You should just keep replaying it. Yeah, just every Monday. In case you missed last week's same thing. Here it is. Yeah, it's just the same. Monday through Friday.
well, honestly, I think it was over ambitious, which is good. Um, I don't know why it fell apart. You're welcome to say, but you don't have to. And I thought you did a bang up job. I think the part of the problem is the audience, uh, the way they engage with the audience on LinkedIn audio is weird. Yeah, it was really good. And a lot of people were enjoying it. So we were building an audience. That was a good thing. The problem was that my co-host at the time got a job offer and had to and couldn't commit to the show anymore because he wasn't available. And instead of just saying that, he handled it in a really mm. poor way. Yeah. And that was the unfortunate part about that was that, um, you know, instead of just telling me what was going on, he just kind of left me out of the loop and I didn't understand what was happening. Ghosted or not? Hmm? Ghosted, semi-ghosted, zombied? Yeah. He pretty much ghosted and he was just feeling bad that he didn't want to have like what he felt was going to feel like confrontation or letting me down. So he just felt like he just wouldn't do it at all. Yeah. Avoidance. And the way that I found out was on the town hall publicly in front of everybody. I found out that he wasn't doing the show anymore. Mm. And I just felt like Patricia was like, the fuck did you just say? (laughs) Oh, you just summoned Patty. <laughs> Patty was like, oh, hell no. Patty's been dormant for a bit. Yeah, she was like, I got this. Hold my beer. And yeah. she just got all in her feelings. And I was like, girl, take it from here. Because I don't even know how to respond right now. Uh, earlier tonight, I went to the, the restaurant I choked at across the street. But it's called Talk of the Town. It's funny that the town hall uh, was where you found out where you choked. Yeah, that's where I choked. <clears throat> uh, well, I'll commit to a weekly show and I will not not fail. Will I fail in many ways related to it? Absolutely. Will I give up? No. Yeah, well, the other part, the other part was that I don't have access, you know, to the LinkedIn audio, so. But I, well, neither do I, but I also have 15 podcast slots, which I've used one of. And combined, I get 750,000 downloads a month. So I've got an infinite amount of space. We can make a bunch of podcasts and, or just one. We could, we could. To add on to the mix because uh, it's great. When I was doing it, so first of all, my first podcast was actually a Mad TV one. We did one episode, me and a co host, and we realized we couldn't even work together. Even though I edited the shit out of it and it was awesome. He just didn't like, you know how I'm a, I'm a lot for some people? Yeah. You are. I was a lot for him. I know. That's why I got to be my own thing because I'm a lot even for me. Yeah. Same. Me too. If I'm being honest. Um, but I feel like if there was some idea, like I don't know which one of the ideas you liked. Unsolicited therapy sounds more like your jam. Yeah, I like it because I have so many thoughts and opinions and I just would like to just let them out. So the original idea was like go to Reddit's like relationship advice, just pick a random thing and talk mm-hmm. about it. But it could be anything. Is it, what, what kind of therapy would you want to give out? You want to do it now? No, because we're almost well, at least I got to do other things. My first one was unlicensed therapy because I, oh, I like but that. We'll, we'll be clear, but I only got dot net. Dot, dot, dot com was taken so i just let that lapse because i think it's more important to have dot com unsolicited we can still say we're not licensed and you didn't even ask for it yeah 
So it's like double whammy. Okay. So then the last thing of the failure I show, the, the, the thing I say is, uh, as you know, probably from multiple LinkedIn posts, some of which went sideways. Uh, I don't like fake it till you make it. I like the fail it till you nail it. Uh, thing. Yes. So what's the next thing you're going to do that you don't know much about that you're going to fail it until you nail it, that you're going to just approach it with trepidation and, and excitement and see how you do. Okay. So it's teaching people what my husband does since he doesn't want to teach people, but he does. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to do it. And it involves a lot of math and freaking hate math. You, can, you That's good though. You can be the knowledge extractor. That's the thing. And I can just, I can talk to people in more normal terms where I'm like, you add up the numbers, you know what I mean? Just doing the math on the screen. We don't so even need to talk about it. Has a hard time forgetting what it was like when he didn't know. You know, he's an introvert. So it's like once mm. he's on the phone talking to people for so long in the daytime that by the time I'm like, okay, let's put some content together. Let's, you know, get some videos out so that we can educate more people. And he's just like, I don't want to talk about it anymore. So when I'm learning about it and I'm coming up, trying to come up with content, you know, I got to figure out ways of like how I'm being educated and then educate other people. But the truth is I hate math. Well, so I will say, stop telling yourself that just like I hate money. I tell myself that a lot. Math's easy. It really is. It's learnable. It's easy. And also in Excel and stuff, you don't need to do the math yourself. And the teacher said we wouldn't have a calculator in our pocket all the time. We do. We do. It's just that you have to know the, you have to know. I'm saying you can do math is all I'm saying. You don't have to do it. You don't have to, but you can. I like relationships between things. That's what I, that's what I rabbit hole for are the Mm -hmm. relationships between things. So that's why I, not just people, but things. And that's why I'm like a data junkie, right? Cause I'm looking at data all the time. You got to get good at math, but it's different. Some stats. Yeah. It's different. Well, I'm saying a lot of people are really bad at math because they tell themselves they're bad at math. And then you ask them a simple math problem. They're like having a conniption fit in their brain because they're telling themselves simultaneously they're bad at math while trying to do math. Right. Because the second that I'm like math, I just shut down like a three-year-old and I'm like, oh, crap, there's math up here. There's math. Math. There's math ahead. Yeah. And I'm like, ooh, what's the number? Oh, is that right? I'll, I'll, I don't mind if I'm wrong either, you know? Yeah. And I'll just I'll be just like, it's kind there. of in this, in this ballpark ish. This reminds me, I used to love, love, love those infomercials where there was like the speed math guy teaching people how to do speed math. I was like, what? <laughs> they can do like 875 times 395. And then the calculator agreed. I don't know how much of it was set up, but, uh, or they reduce the amount of time between cuts. Or the speed reading or speed reading, but I can't even speed read reading. I can't even read one time speed. So speeding that up is tough. Golly. Like they didn't sound any of that shit out. Not a single word. But they got it. Right. They got the gist. I really enjoyed our time here. Me too. Ben, I don't know if there's anything to, to really save here, but it was fun to save. Yeah. What does that mean? Like if you, you know, if the usable, whatever. The whole thing's usable except for a couple. We cut that out. And other than that, we're, we're dope. Um, and then the other 
last question is where do people find you? Where can they connect to you? What do they want? If they want to see what you're doing, do you say go nowhere? Don't talk to me. Or do you have a place people go? Yeah, I'd say go to YouTube. Might be waiting there for a minute till I get back over there. Twitter. Okay. Go to YouTube. Wait. Go go there and wait. Hold your breath. Just park it. Just park it. Just find a spot and park. Little spot over there. Watch other videos maybe or just watch nothing. Is that what you're saying? Well, I, I got videos over there for sure. Should sure they watch nothing and wait? Yeah, you could watch stuff. Yeah, but then okay. wait. But then okay. wait for, me, for my return. Yeah. Definitely hit me up on LinkedIn, though. That's where I'm the most active right now. It's LinkedIn and Instagram. And if you look up Angelique. Angelique Stidham. Stidham, S-T-I-D, hum. That's right. Stid hum. Yep. You'll find me. It'll be in the show notes and it'll also be the title of the episode. So by the way, when I edited my Nana's episode, she has landline and there's no noise reduction I could do because there was no noise in the background. Like even if she moved it this far away, she couldn't hear her. So there was nothing to drop. I think we should do a whole podcast episode just on landlines and see how good the quality is. Hell yeah. Just the whole podcast, just, just like this. You know what? We could be like, yeah, she's holding up a yellow phone with the classic squiggly wire. Yeah, I should do some. I should do some content, some reels. My feet up on the wall. You know, like I'm talking to people back in the day. Oh man, yeah, feet on the wall is the most important part of that. You need to get the nubby thing that makes it so you can put it on your. You know that weird looks like a high heel shoe almost. <laughs> or it makes the whole thing look like a high heel shoe. I think. Yeah, it uh, does. Yeah. So I good. don't know if those were add-ons or if the whole phone came like that. I don't know. Yeah, you it sticky is glued on there. Oh, it was the yeah. original pop socket. It's not like a phone shoe. <laughs> it's not like a phone shoe. No, well, no, it's not a it's shoe a for a phone, shoe. but it's like a, the fo- the phone became a shoe visually. I hated that. I thought when we went to headsets, it was a big improvement over the. Uh, what do we call that? The shoulder nub? The shoulder pad for phones. It's a sh- yeah, it's an ear. With a shoulder pad, it's less bad. Straighten your collarbone or whatever, or your shoulder bone, whatever the bone it is, not as great. People who are less than 30 years old have no clue what we're even trying to talk about, probably. They don't. And I'm going to say something inappropriate, probably. Please so do. I, I'm trying to. This is, I mark every episode explicit. No, I just don't want it to come out wrong. Oh, I don't want it to come the end out of the wrong. episode. If they're still listening, they're fine. I was going to say it's like a it's like a shoulder prosthetic for the phone. It's like That's prosthetic. totally cool. If okay. I had a fake shoulder or fake arm, I would add that to my arm phone. I would make it like accessories. And it would also hold an umbrella. It would hold an umbrella. Oh, hell yeah. That's yeah. so ingenious, actually. Why don't they just do that? Well, I was looking at I was looking at the thing on Amazon yesterday. It was just a shoulder strap, and you put an umbrella in it, but it showed an umbrella, but it didn't come with an umbrella. I was like, "You assholes!" Wait, what? It was a shoulder strap that holds. Wouldn't you need like the one that fits in the holder? That's what I thought. That's why I was like, uh, "Oh, this is tempting." But then for thirty eight dollars, it's just a shoulder strap. No. So then instead, bionic arm or whatever. Definitely, you could incorporate that. Right. Even if she had a vice here that just all did was a vice onto the handle. 
Yeah, I mean, you could be able to like put like a pot holder on your thing. Like you, they come with different ends. I think we're becoming like Inspector Gadget or Edward Scissorhands or something. Oh, that's so good. Inspector Gadget. Do you know I just rewrote the Fraggle Rock? You asked me if I like Fraggle Rock and that's all you said. And I was like, are we not going to talk about the dozers? And then I'm eating. I just, I just rewrote. Buildings and stuff. You said nothing else. Hold on. I rewrote the, um, the Fraggle Rock theme song. You're doing a reboot? I, I rewrote it for Donnell. It, it's a reel on Instagram. Can you play it now? Yeah. Can this be yeah. the premiere? Worldwide premiere unless you mm-hmm. release it before I edit this? My, I did release it on, um what's it called? But let me see. Okay, hold on. This is the worldwide podcast premiere. You want me to pull it up and play it through the computer though? Do whatever you want. Whatever would sound the best. Do I have to allow you to share your screen? No, I can just play it. Well, I did a lot of case. I just want to make sure that it's... Um, I'll let you know it's audible and not hearable. Yeah, like I don't want to play it through the phone, through the microphone, because like that wouldn't be good. But if you share your screen, you can share your screen with audio, and that would work. You had to take off the... We can pay today. Put 10% away in 401k. Because that's what we're taught. Working every day, probably till we're only gray. That 401k is costing us a lot, but that's what we have. And now it's all we've got. Let me show you why it's not. Figure out what I'm doing later. I'll save it. I'll oh, comment. Okay. Yeah, thank Brilliant. you. Brilliant. for the support. Thank you. Podcast debut. Timestamp. I'm doing a series. It's called Adulting Songs That Slap. Ooh, and that's in there. I saw that that was the title, but I didn't think too hard about it. So can I put in a couple of requests for, is this all like old school um, cartoons yes. or what is it? Yeah. Cause I was just, I wrote down Inspector Gadget just now. Okay. Uh, Rescue Rangers. Okay. That was a good one. Um, du- uh, DuckTales. Oh yeah. Um, the airplane one with Baloo. What was that one? I'll think about it. Um, okay. Heathcliff, maybe. Garfield, maybe. Uh, I just don't remember the theme songs. I'm trying to think of what I watched. Um, Rocco's Modern Life. Ren Simpy. What was that one? Um, Care Bears could be redone. Tailspin. Tailspin is the name of the one. Tailspin. Yeah. T-A-L-E-S-P-I-N. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I've given you quite a bit, but I just want to see if there's anything else. Cat Dog, Hey Arnold, Animaniacs, that was a good one. Angry Beavers, Ah Real Monsters. Um, yeah, they got it. It has to have like a like a song with it. Well, yeah, feel free to listen to any of these and tell me if they're shit or not. No, Doug, Doug was good. Doug. We're Animaniacs. Yeah, that's a yeah. good one. Doug had a great theme song. I forget what it was. Beavis and Butthead had a pretty good one. Uh, Daria, I remember the, just the theme song. I really didn't like the show. Yeah, these are a lot of great, great. Um, and I've got, I redid the If You're Happy and You Know It. That's up already oh, up there. Um, two more Rugrats and Our Real Monsters, and I'm done. Okay. And you can decide if any of those are uh, re, redoable. Um, so, Angelique, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I know we went off the rails multiple times. I have to edit it, so it's all on me to fix it which i love meaning who cares but it'll sound amazing if i can edit my 90 year old nana 
into an episode, I can figure out how to make this even better. Yeah, it's only in like an hour and 40 minutes of stuff. That's it. Yeah. yeah. That's At minimum, it. it'll take that long to edit. At yeah, minimum. Well, how do you, how do you, um, how do you, how do you break it out? How do you end, end this? Thank what you so much for being here. I appreciate your vulnerability and your ability to take a drink right before you're about to talk. And uh, I hope you have a wonderful night and you're the shit. I just want to say, uh, keep doing what you're doing. If you Thanks really, so if you rearrange your name, it's shit dumb or dumb shit <laughs> makes more sense. That is a great note to end on. And I just want to thank anyone and everyone who has listened to this particular episode. This far too. Wow. Send me an email, Ben at pod.fail. No one ever does. So you'd be one of the first. Also go to link.failureguy.com slash fails and you can record your own failure and I'll talk about it with the guest. I don't think anyone submitted one either. Thank you so much, Angelique. Maybe, maybe that's what I'll do. I hope maybe you may be the first. I got to Maybe I should get some friends to do the first ones. Lube it up a bit. Lube it up a bit. <laughs> nice. Would you like to be more efficient, productive, and confident in your work at the office? Over 750 million people worldwide use Excel, yet it's still a misunderstood and frequently misused tool. That's why I created Excel Exposure, so you can work smarter and not harder. The Excel Essentials course gives you over five hours of in-depth video lessons. Plus, it comes along with my master workbook, which has every function, shortcut, and all the examples to follow along. Investopedia actually included my course in their list of six best online Excel classes of 2021, saying it's best for visual learners. As someone who's an expert in failure, I can certainly teach you and your team how to avoid spreadsheet failures and create bulletproof Excel documents. Use the coupon code FAILURE for 20% off of the lifetime access price. Visit ExcelExposure.com for more information and also my existing award-winning free training. Thanks for joining me on the Failure Guy podcast. If you enjoyed it, feel free to tell somebody. And don't forget, always try to fail it till you nail it. Till next time.